0: Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG, Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time.
1: Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to But stay
0: Hello and welcome to a live edition of the PCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford. That's 80 Drew. And it's a pleasure to be on with you this evening as we are six days away from Celebration Bowl 7. CB7. I don't know if they like the MMs and all that stuff, but uh, CBXII. Drew, uh, do any of those sort of ring a bell with you? Do you prefer any of them?
2: I think the NFL has the uh, moniker on the Roman numerals. just going to have to go with seven.
0: Is there an exclusivity to that? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're alleging?
2: I I think so, my brother. Don't quote me on that, but I think they do have a a little bit of a – exclusivity on the Roman normals.
0: Oh, okay. Well, well, okay. I, sure, sure. I didn't, I did not know that, you know, CB, CB seven, I guess celebration bowl seven, the cricket wireless celebration bowl. I'm sure that's what, uh, they would prefer us to use uh, joining us a little bit later in the show is the executive director of the celebration, Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl, Mr. Grant, and uh, we'll get a chance to kind of see how things are going, um, find out about things such as attendance, other little things like that. If you guys have any questions for us that you would like to ask or sneak in there to Mr. Grant, you can do so on the chats, uh, either Facebook or YouTube. Hopefully that's how, how you're watching our show. Um, we appreciate that. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up button wherever you are watching the show. If you happen to be watching on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app, we appreciate you doing that as well. Those of you who are not, you can easily download the app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Just search my JBN, my BCSN. Um, North Carolina Central, Drew, has sort of been out of the news for the last two weeks, uh, as, you know, just by the nature of their season, finishing when it did, uh, Jackson State has sort of, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if it's appropriate to say sucking the life out of the room, but just their attention and just by the fact that, you know, everything going with, uh, you know, Coach Prime leaving and all of that that goes on with it, they've uh, garnered a lot of the attention. It has not her attendance predicted attendance numbers drew as i saw a tweet earlier that said it's standing room only at the celebration what what is what do you what is find out specifically what that means but you were at celebration last that, mean, year. that means you that that
2: means you can get in
0: but you, you
2: you're not gonna be sitting down you know and for us in the HBCU culture we're used to that anyway because how, how many times did we go to football games especially when we were students and never and never even attempted to make it to our seat we was we was more worried about the fashion show underneath the stadium than the actual game on the field and there are a lot of there are a lot of people do that and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that you know you you're there for the atmosphere you're there to make contact with people and and other things like that you know just happy that you go inside the stadium instead of outside the stadium tailgating all day and then you also talked about the attention I mean the attention that Jackson State has garnered over the past two weeks Brian has Jackson State really garnered any more of our attention on the national level or on the HBCU level than they have for the past two and a half years anyway I mean
3: yeah,
4: it, it, it,
2: it's, it's the same, you know. Jackson State said cameras all in their face and, and things like that. So it's not like anybody in that blue and blue and red from Jackson State is not used to this, they're used to everything that has survived, surrounded Coach Deion Sanders since September 21. What was that, 2000? September 21, 2000?
0: 20. Twenty twenty,
2: yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said two uh two thousand. Yeah, twenty twenty.
0: So yeah, that, no, that, no, no, that, no. that that if used it had if it had, it had been that long people complaining. If it'd been that yeah. long, would nobody be complaining of him leaving uh, Colorado if it'd been that long. Um yeah, yeah so um yeah, so the, I, I'm curious if the if by any last chance there'll be an opportunity open up the upper deck because i believe um the season will be kind of capped in the club level and the lower level yeah i believe it was like
2: 48, 48 last 000. year was around the number with the club level being 000. open 000. yeah just shy of 50. six fifty three.
0: okay three this number was last year yeah. So, but we'll we'll talk more about uh, that with uh, Sean Grant coming up. Uh, I, I guess we can we can kind of uh, coming up in the second hour. We kind of stay with our theme of news that's surrounding Jackson State, and we're going to talk with uh, author and professor Ceeley McKinney, uh, who who wrote a very interesting. And, and uh, those of you who are not familiar with his work, uh, we, we get uh, he, he's one of the folks follow up us and uh, has been great. You know, he comes in and is in the chat room. Psychedelic literature. For those of you who uh, follow us in the YouTube feeds, um, uh, always enjoy getting his essays uh, that he sends to us. I, I just happen to be most interested in particular one. I got quoted in it. In the fir- in the first uh, in the first uh, paragraph of it so I as I continued on reading um, some interesting thoughts and you know the of his and I want to make sure get it right I wrote it down because it's it's a, it's a it's a lengthy title uh, let me see I have it written here okay the other crabs are back to being happy now what? The aftermath of Coach Deion Sanders leaving JSU. So that's the name of. It. We're going to talk to uh, C. Lee coming up in hour two. One of many interesting from the local perspective. Uh, of course, those who follow the Sports Network, you know, uh, here who, uh, within our network who have provided uh, fascinating opinions firsthand. Accounts of things through uh, Dr. Bill show uh, through game show, and so uh, you've heard from national people. Uh, you've heard, um, I think Bomani Jones, I, I thought, got a lot of run for, for his thoughts, which I, which I, I really, I thought were kind of on point. I mean, I'm, I don't listen to Bomani a lot. I mean, uh, you know against but I just don't listen to him exactly, but um, I thought he hit a home run with his podcast, so if you do listen to his podcast, I think the first 20-25 minutes were kind of on point with, with a lot of thought ahead, but, uh, you know, there have been, you know, strong thoughts and opinions over the past week uh, since I decided to go to Colorado. I'm I'm slowly weaning myself off the Coach Prime heat. Because I'm, I'm, no, really, I am. I, I, I've noticed. You know, I there's so much color. I'm a Colorado Buffalo, so if I start clicking on stuff, I'm gonna get hit Colorado Buffalo stuff that I care to be inundated with. So I, when I see it, I have to say no, don't watch, don't because you know how the algorithms work. You're gonna get caught up in it. So. If you don't want a lot of and Colorado they, they, Buffalo, he, 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 you'll stuff get more. Your timeline, yes, they, yeah. Yes. If you don't want a lot of Colorado Buffalo stuff, you better not, not click those. uh That his son and everybody else are doing, because the algorithms are going to start sending you Colorado Buffalo. The next minute you know they're going they're going to want you to become a a life donor, and, and you know what I'm saying. So you got to be careful. Stuff.
2: Well, you you know and, and this has nothing to do with uh coach prime going to Colorado but uh growing up in St. Louis Missouri as a University of uh Missouri fan when they were both in the big eight as it was called at that time kind of it was always kind of hard for me to root for Colorado uh and I and I'll give you two reasons Cordell Stewart and the fifth down. Mm-hmm. So, oh, hmm yeah. you know. So <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you ever if, if if you go back, I believe it was matter of fact, it may have been 91 the year that they won the national title in Colorado. They uh Missouri had to beat, except they somehow miraculously got a fifth down due to an official's error. And on that fifth down, they scored a touchdown to beat Missouri. So, you know, nothing personal against Prime. That's that's never been Colorado fan ever since then.
0: Well, hey, look, um, that that's what's up there for for a lot of people to to deal with. Um, while we're talking about that, I you know I, I just saw come across, just saw come across. He drew that. Thanks, Chuck Hunt. Chuck um, Hunt said that was another-
2: nineteen ninety. Oh, I was close.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. The fifth, just saw that Coach Prime is taking another assistant with him. Uh, I'm trying to D- do D- a list. Yeah, well, uh, no, why well, he's already you know Dennis Thurman's because Bert Bartoloni, uh, who okay. was the who is the current OC, I guess, will be the, the full OC. He's going Colorado. Wide receivers, So I, I was in the midst of trying to do a summary of who all on the staff is going. Obviously, it seems like, you know, T.C. Taylor, hopefully putting in his bid to to be the future Jackson State head coach. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out.
2: But also, let's put it out there you know, T.C. Taylor should Jackson State choose not to retain him is on the hot list for about two or three other openings around HBCU football. So I don't think T.C. Taylor is going to have to worry about a job next year.
0: Right, because we know that in Mississippi is available. Um, That's the that's the Mississippi Valley State job uh, right. Vincent Dancy chose to go off and uh, resign from Mississippi Valley State and head out to Colorado with Coach Prime so that position is there and then you all have Bethune Cookman's position that's open now that Terry Sims uh, um, and that's just in the swag is that is that it?
2: in and, and the swat. I know Delaware
0: state is open but I don't I don't know yes. if that would be something that yeah I know Delaware State is open I don't know if and then you have,
2: and then you have two siAC jobs two siAC jobs open with Boarhouse and Albany State open also so oh yes I believe those are the as to my knowledge those are the current coaching positions open where Kentucky state is uh open because that will the coach that was there, cannot recall his name, was on the interim basis. So, technically, Albany State is, I mean, uh, Kentucky State is open at this current time also. So, that's what, seven coaching jobs that are open right now that we know of. And I do believe, I think I saw Lincoln of Missouri also may be open. So, uh, don't quote me on that one, but I think that one may be open also. So, we've got seven to eight jobs that are open right now among our HBCU football teams.
0: Uh, what are your What are your What are your thoughts in terms of Dancy um, leading or leaving Valley and and heading up to a couple? Coach, I, I, should, I should say Colorado. I, I See, now I've already got – I've called Colorado Coach Prime. But, yeah, heading out to Colorado to be with Coach Prime.
2: I mean, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's a great opportunity. Uh, when you – probably the hardest decision for Coach Dancy was going from r- doing your own thing and running your own program to going and being someone else's assistant at another level so that's the first thing yeah you have to deal with because it's tough it's tough on the ego but financially he obviously he's going to make more as an assistant on the p5 level than he would ever make as a head on the fcs level that that's number one number two this gives him an opportunity to show his skills and what he can do on that level. Cause if he has any type of moderate to good success on that P five level, then we have created another pipeline for another African-American to hopefully ultimately take a job either at a, probably at a P at a group of five school initially, but, it's 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 the opportunity of a lifetime i cannot blame coach dancy for taking for taking that opportunity and then when you throw in the conditions that he has been coaching in at valley you know and and, and it is what it is valley is probably one of the most underfunded schools among our underfunded hbcus especially on the division one level valley is probably the bottom when it comes to athletic budget. So, you know, it's like, I know how to do this. Now you're giving me toys to do this stuff with, or you give me resources to do this stuff with? Oh, heck yeah. And I only got a coach on one side of the ball?
0: Yeah. I,
2: sounds like a no brainer to me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It'll interesting to see who the next hire was. And I saw somebody also brought up Arkansas Pine Bluff, Drew. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I thought we had
2: mentioned on you know, uh, UAPB, Doc Gamble. Yes.
0: Yeah, there's an interim coach in place, but that should, uh, is presumably open and they're looking as well. Um, all right. So let's let's do a quick transition over to uh, to hoops. Or uh, we come back to talk a little more football, a little more celebration bowl. Uh, John Grant at the bottom of the hour. But once again, the SWAC has swacked another power five. This time it's the G Men. Grambling State on uh, Friday knocked off their second power five of the season with a 64 2 win over Jerry Stackhouse's Commodores. You remember, Jerry, don't you, Drew? The Vandedors. The Vanderos, yes, yeah. The sixty four sixty two Grambling. Uh, the this one was on the, this one was a road game. Drew. Now they knocked off Colorado at home. Pack twelve. Uh, this time they went on the road to Vanderbilt. Got a win. Um, they had a three point halftime lead. Pretty much a close game. Uh, throughout um just kind of stat uh, just kind of stat uh, stat looking here nobody really for Grambling, scored more than 12 uh their leading scorer um Carteri Gordon had 12 points in 28 minutes uh just kind of looking here to say okay what's the one or two stats that kind of stood out In this ball game for you, Um, I would probably say Vanderbilt shot nine of twenty-four from the three-point line. Um, Grambling forty percent from, uh, you know, uh, let's see, free throw seventy percent. Grambling seventy-seven. I don't know what it had to be. Let's see, turnovers for Vanderbilt. Uh Uh-oh, there it is, Drew. Big old turnovers. 19 for Vanderbilt, 7 for Grambling. Grambling had 23 points off of those turnovers, and Vanderbilt only had 8. And so, Drew, you know what I know as a coach, it's hard to beat another team when you turn the ball over. Uh, There's your stat of the day right there.
2: Can can I get you to check one more uh, stat, Brian? Uh, for me. Yeah. You said Vanderbilt turned the ball over how many times?
0: Nineteen. One nine.
2: Okay. How many steals did Grambling have?
0: Steals. Interesting. Steals. Uh wow. They had ten.
2: Okay. You know why you know why I always ask about those who those who go hand in hand, Brian? Because
0: break
3: it down. You
2: man. have a turn when you have a turnover and a steal, that's what we in the coaching vernacular like to call a live ball turnover. That means you mm-hmm. pick pick somebody's pocket, you stole stolen a pass or something along those lines where the ball go, uh, is immediately in transition going the other way. So those other nine turnovers or what we like to call dead ball turnovers, that means you're taking the ball out of bounds. That's a travel, that's an offensive foul, Uh, that's a bad pass that goes out of bounds into the third row, something like that. And Now the difference is when you have those kind of turnovers, coaches don't like any type of turnovers, but if you're going to take one over the other, you prefer a dead ball turnover because that allows you to at least get back and get your defense set up. Whereas when you have steals, which are live ball turnovers, now the other team is in transition, on the fast break, and you know what that t- tends to lead to, Brian, when you have those steals and live ball turnovers. What was the foul count?
0: Oh, interesting. The uh foul count was actually Grambling foul count was twenty four fouls by Grambling, fourteen by Vanderbilt.
2: Oh wow! So that that that. That that that's that's kind of a one off because usually when you have a lot of steals, the team that turned the ball over a lot usually also has a higher foul count. Why? Because the defense is not set and they're picking up fouls trying to stop the other team. One other thing: free throw attempts.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty-seven to seven. In favor of Vanderbilt.
2: Once again, that's that's an oddity. Once again, usually that team that has more steals is usually getting uh fouled, usually getting fouled going to the free throw line. So th- those are just a couple of different things that if if you're a basketball nerd or a basketball junkie or like like Ryan and I, basketball coaches, those are just some of the things that you tend to look at, and you can really explain away a game if you if you look at some of those things especially when you have an upset like this is like this is perceived and shout out to the SWAC. where and and this is kind of funny this year Brian they haven't had a lot of success against the non-power conferences but against the power conferences the swag has had fairly good success and i would say for the what, what do we call them uh in basketball they're not group of five they're the mid-majors,
0: mid-majors if you
2: look yeah. At, yeah if you look at the mid-majors conferences and i'm just going off, purely off speculation i would guarantee you right now the SWAT probably has as many if not more victories against p against power conference basketball schools than any other big major at this point in time even though their conference ranking is still down in in the bottom 25%
4: right
2: I haven't looked at the yeah. numbers but I, I, I uh, would almost me- guarantee
0: that one more stat to throw at you points in the paint PIP Grambling 34 full- Vanderbilt Fourteen
2: points. Yeah, uh, fourteen po- fast break points. Fast break points.
0: Eight zero Grambling.
2: Those fast break points, I bet you those came off the steals. Those points in the paint. Yes. Came, those points in the paint came off the steals.
0: That that it so. makes up for the lack of free throws, right? When you when you get when you beat somebody in the paint like that, it definitely makes up for. You know, Vanderbilt was twenty. 20 the free throw line overall Grambling was just 12 of 17 so even though the number of misses are cool, they went to the line 10 more times but you know Grambling's was able to balance that out with their uh, points in the paint so congrats to Grambling well, uh, also give a shout out to Alabama
2: behind AM. the arc I was going to say behind the arc Brian before you leave that one behind the uh, arc what was uh the three-point difference.
0: It, uh, Grambling shot forty percent from the arc. Uh, in total, Vanderbilt was thirty-seven point five. Now again, no, uh, Grambling shot uh, makes,
2: less makes makes not 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 uh, not attempts. Makes, what were the makes?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Vanderbilt nine makes. Grambling six.
2: Oh, and once again. I, I mean, everywhere that,
0: Everywhere yeah. it needed to be, yeah, everywhere it needed to be balanced out, everywhere I was at, and I know where you're going, you're looking at those stats and say, hey, you would probably lose a game with stats like that. It's balanced out by the points in the paint, the, uh, the, the turnovers, and the fast break points. So, I mean, that's what it takes to be able to win those games. Uh, real quick, before we go to a break, Drew, got to give a shout out to Alabama A&M, I think it was their first win in their new, I think, I know they just had that, uh, their new arena and the name escapes me right off the top of my head, so I'm apologizing the Bulldog Nation, but they got a 63-59 to 59 win over Lipscomb at home on Saturday, on Friday night, excuse me, um, and then in terms of just looking at games on Saturday, uh, Alcorn State Without their best player on the road at Southern Illinois, covered uh, 13 points spread, lost by six. Uh, so you know, Calcorn State um, doing a good job. At Jackson State uh, ended up losing by thirteen. The University of Akron Preview lost to North Carolina today by ten. So still making strides. A much better season thus far. For a swat men's basketball than uh, than in my recent recollection, so you know we'll leave it up to the historians to tell us whether how it compares to previous years. But this has been a good year for the swat. Let's step away because coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to the Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl executive director, John Grant, and we're going to. Follow- uh, all of the happenings going on surrounding the Celebration Bowl as this Saturday, North Carolina Central and State will tip, uh, I almost said tip, kickoff in, uh, in the stadium in Atlanta Georgia, at noon on Saturday. We'll be back right after
1: these words. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Merrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves.
4: Nope. Nope.
1: Want him?
5: Ooh, I like him.
6: Quicker picker upper, Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an
0: eight.
3: He's a nine.
0: Bounty, the quicker picker upper.
1: It's like a loot machine. Round out, we're to get down.
5: As well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Gaville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike watch and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. You see, Head and Shoulders has a
2: scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like
5: us. Number 15? Never not working.
3: I don't like
2: this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and Shoulder Scalp Shield, never not working.
0: Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars, visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
4: Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the. Seven times the. No, no. Seven times the. Seven times the music, gaming, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus and more. That's 7 times the entertainment because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think.
0: Hello and welcome back to the BCSN Sports Rap. Brian and Ad Drew here, and gotta give a shout out to everybody watching us again. Thank you for watching us on uh, not only Facebook. I know I saw Chuck Hunt there's on Facebook. Uh, the folks on YouTube, uh, Tamara T, Mary305, Montre Bennett, Terrence Davis, Rico Carter, HBCU Band Talk, and others. Thank you guys for being a part. Of the show coming up sometime in this segment, we're waiting on Mr. Grant. Uh, so hopefully, he's not too busy. Obviously, we understand he is busy, busy getting things in order, preparing for Saturday's uh Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl in Atlanta, noon tip off kickoff. I keep saying tip off because I'm in basketball mode, just in case you're wondering why I've said that now twice. <laughs> Uh, I will say this, Drew, to uh, should I should I give the spoiler alert announcing broadcast crew is I don't know if it's been announced yet. It may have been at the recent Celebration Bowl uh, media day or press conference. Have you heard who the broadcast crew is going to be drew I don't want to spoil it if you have
2: I, I I don't know but maybe we could ask the man himself since he's here in the back room wait waiting on us to uh, bring him on
0: okay okay I now you know I don't know that he okay good because I was gonna spoil it and I, I was gonna hear, and, and so here we have <laughs> that's uh, live uh, the executive director of the, the wireless. Celebration Bowl, Mr. John Grant. Mr. Grant, how are you doing this evening?
3: I'm great. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for having me here. Can you hear me?
2: Barely, Mr. Grant.
0: That's your volume's of... a yeah. okay, of...
3: Hang on. Let me do one thing.
0: Okay.
2: We'll bring him, put him on screen while he gets his audio together.
0: Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, You know, interesting as I'm. Okay, there we go, Mr. Grant. How are we doing now, Mr. Grant?
3: I'm good. Can you guys hear me? Okay, that
0: that is much better. Okay, awesome. Uh, Great, great. Well, I was I was just teasing the broadcast team that will be be called game. It's a it's a new crew. Uh, I don't know if it had already been discussed at the recent uh, uh, media day this past week. Um, I, I don't know. Is that something that you uh, can share? Or would like? Or would you? You know? Or, or would you like for me to go ahead and just put that out there and let everybody know?
3: Oh, it sounds like you already know, my friend. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, so I have asking sources. Me, no, I'm just <laughs> asking me is just really anticlimactic. So, I am going to just go ahead and let you just share. it. Uh, <laughs> that that'll give credence uh, to your
4: source. Well,
0: the, <laughs> yeah, so we'll find out. So the internet says and I and I quote the internet because that's that's the only source that I have. But the internet says that doing play-by-play for this year's game will be none other than Tiffany Green, color commentary by Jay Walker. And the sideline reporter Tiffany Blackman, and if that is true, I know HBCU community will be jumping and pumping their fists because they have been strongly pushing for Tiffany and Jay to be the the uh, the podcast. So, can you confirm uh, information?
3: That is that information is confirmed. That is the crew for this year's um, cricket celebration bowl. Awesome,
0: awesome, man. And so hey congratulations uh, to Tiffany especially from the Rattler crew. Uh, hey. Yes, yes, the Rattlers we we're, we're proud that we got one of our one of our uh beloved alums right up there doing it. And not to say anything negative to the crew that had been doing previous years. I actually enjoyed RG3 Last year with Jay Walker and Mark Jones, I surprisingly, um, you know, have have grown quite fond of RG three as a color commentator. I think he provides uh, some great commentary, and of course, Jay Walker has been there for the last uh, uh, pretty every, pretty much every <laughs> every game. Uh, so, Mr. Grant, uh, here we are in full seven. Um, what is what's what's exciting for you as you look at? Here we are year number 70, number seven, uh, as you think back on, uh, the journey to get, uh, this bowl off the ground and and just be here, uh, today.
3: Well, that is a very good question. And, you know, I, if I were to reflect for myself looking at this, that, you know, fans have begun to embrace the bowl game. Um, the fact that when we launched the, uh, celebration bowl the the inaugural sponsor was the air force reserve but when the bowl game was was launched and sort of getting um fans to rally around and understand the significance that this bowl plays in not only just the hbcu uh sporting sort of diaspora but what it really does for hbcus you know in the bowl space period because we are the only fcs bowl game among the other 41 FBS bowl games. And so that in itself, um, with with that launch, uh, really sort of began to change the dynamics of, you know, especially college football at the HBCU level, because now teams had something to play for beyond the college championship and beyond going to, a, to the playoff. Um, they had the chance to truly play for a national title um, and do it on the, on certainly the biggest stage there is for college football.
0: Go ahead, Drew.
2: Right. Now, uh, uh, Mr. Grant, you just mentioned a taboo word for some people. You said playoff. Now, obviously, you 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 hear the debate out there playoffs versus celebration bowl we need to be playing for you know the playoffs we need to be seeing who's the best among all the schools not just among our schools well it's obviously though which side of that fence that you sit on because if not you would not be uh the executive director of the cricket celebration bowl so even though we got that caveat i need you to go out and really break down, give your elevator speech, give your speech on why celebration bowl versus playoffs. I, I, I'm a celebration bowl guy, but I need you to convince some of these other folks out here who still are not drinking the celebration bowl Kool-Aid, why they need to drink the celebration bowl Kool-Aid instead of the playoff Kool-Aid.
3: It must be the money. It's turning me on. It must be the money. I cannot go wrong. It must be the money that's turning me on. Look, at the end of the day, that's what the bowl system is about. Um, It is the opportunity to get to reward um, student athletes for a great season, many of the bowl games are. um, But when you really get into the meat of why, uh, the business of college sports, the business of college sports, um, the business of college sports is, is embedded in economics, and the economics of the Celebration Bowl, uh, the cricket Celebration Bowl, far exceeds the economics of any playoff game. Um, that when even when you take it to and and certainly I think that the playoffs has 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 a, has a place. Um, certainly not knocking that at all. But what I am in a hundred percent supportive of because I see how the, the, the I see the role that bowls play and the economics involved in them um, firsthand and recognize that the Celebration Bowl is in the mix, not at the bottom, but we're right in the mix of the um, um, pantheon of, of, of bowl games. So um, it's a no-brainer and it should be a no-brainer for anyone that says, you know what, if, you, if, um, if you're gonna play this game and, um, you, you, want the best, uh, to be on the best stage for your institution, be on the biggest one. Um, and the, the, celebration bowl provides that at the FCS level, there's you know, nothing even really close. Let me put, let me say it again. There's nothing close. Even the, even the FCS playoff, uh, championship game is not close. Um, uh, whether you look at certainly in, in attendance, we're, we're two, two to three times more. Uh, fans watch the uh, Celebration Bowl, then the F- then the championship playoff, and then you got um, probably three, maybe to four times more people—three times at least—the uh, number of people who attend the game. So, you know,
2: must be the money.
0: Must be the money. Must
2: be the, be money. the money. Must be the money. Uh, Let me ask her. Uh, can I ask <laughs> follow up very quick, Brian, before before I turn it back over to you?
0: Sure. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. All right.
2: Uh another thing that I'm seeing out here on Twitterverse and uh and and things such as that is all all the hype around Prime. Uh Coach Prime being a distraction because he's going to Colorado. Uh all, all the players from Jack State gonna be focused, yada yada yada. But I want to take it into the rooms that you're having to meet to. The decision by Coach Pryor to go to Colorado has that changed anything as far as what you guys are doing from a marketing point or anything else for this year's Celebration Bowl?
3: No, our strategy, our strategy, our <laughs> strategy, our strategy is as it's always been. From the from the very first bowl game is how do we build a world a first how do we build the Super Bowl for for um, HBCUs and how do we make by doing so how do we create a world class experience second to none for the student athletes who earn the opportunity to play how do we create a world class experience for the fans who commit they spend their money they come and they 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 attend not just to support the two schools, but they're they're, they're supporting their conferences and they're supporting HBCUs. And then how do we create a world-class experience for the people who watch this this game so that all of them are, um, that we're creating content that people want to consume in in whatever manner they choose to consume, whether they're engaging directly in it and that those are the student athletes. Whether they're they're engaging with it, um, and those are the fans, or whether they're watching it and engaging with it through their through their you know whether it's the television, their mobile device, they're out of home in bars, all of them are getting the best possible experience um, that we can provide, and that's what we we started doing. That's what we've done since day one, and that's what we're going to continue to do.
0: Go ahead, Brian. Uh, well, well said, well said. So, Mr. Graham, so uh, as I look at the attendance, or I, I think I saw a post by the at the attendance, or standing room only, I think is what I read, that uh, it's standing room only. What is that? Now, obviously that means every seat uh, what the club level, lower level sold out. Any thoughts of opening upper deck to nope. to make maybe mark of okay. So so was the was last year's forty eight six hundred forty eight thousand six hundred. Was that about was that capacity or is there an opportunity to see that fifty thousand mark this year?
3: Um There is a capacity to see that that fifty thousand mark. Um, because this year we have sold more suites for the game than we um, have before uh, than we did last year, so there you get, you got some capacity there um, that we 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 we're adding. Um, and then we are also when you look at the SRO or standing room only, there's another um, almost fifteen hundred that once the ones that we have now are gone, and we're down into um less than 20. Uh, of those once those open there's another 1500 that we can open that we did not have open last year. That will that will take us well over the uh 50,000 mark. Um and when think of it this way at the capacity and the numbers that we have. We're in the top 97% of bowl games in a, in attendance. In the top 97%. So um if we can um your question is: Do we anticipate opening up the the, the top? Um, no, because we feel like at where we are, um, it's a nice critical mass. Um, what we tell fans is: Just buy your tickets early, uh, and as fans did this year, uh, there are still some seats out there in the secondary market um, that that can be purchased. So you can get to the game if you if you if you desire to go to. But as far as we're concerned, directly from us. Um, that's what we have, um, going on now. Now I will tell you, and your, your fans that are listening, um, we are working to, at some point next week, we're going to sort of look at how we compress the bands a little bit and open up some seats behind the bands, still give them plenty of room to do what they do. But, um, you know, they're in some pretty large sections that we believe we can get some more seats out of. And, um, we're going to, we're going to do that. It's kind of like, Flying on an airplane today, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get that extra passenger in 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 uh, in in the seat by kind of um, as they say, they shrink the seat size and do all that. You you get my drift. We think that so there will be some a few tickets open this week once we have been able to uh, finalize that configuration. Now,
0: speaking as as a taller. I've never been a big fan of the reduced seating on airplanes, (laughs) which is why I find myself driving more. I got into the media so I don't have to sit in the general admission. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I I would be in the standing room only spots if if that's what's happening. No, I'm serious. Uh, Let me ask about outside. What kind of events are going on surrounding the games that are new this year that fans should be looking forward to?
3: Well, um, as far as events that are open to fans to participate in, we are uh, extending our game day fan experience that has historically just been on Saturday. We're opening it up on Friday night. So fans that are coming into town on Friday, which that's when the vast majority of our fans uh, are arriving Uh, from 6 until 9 p.m. We're going to open up our fan experience and we've got. Uh, some performances going on there. Um, local group called Grits and Jelly Butter, and then um, everyone's favorite uh, saxophonist Mike Mike Phillips is going to rock, rock the uh, rock the place also. But then you know we've got all of our um, activations from our partners and food and vending and, and giveaways and merchandise. All that will be happening um, at the um, Georgia International Convention Center Plaza. And all that takes place, um, that starts from six to nine, and it will precede a Maxwell concert that's going on in State Farm Arena, which is literally, you park where our fan experience is and you go. And so we're we're asking fans, you know, got an opportunity to come down early, avoid the traffic, have some fun, and then just simply walk into the venue um, for a night with Maxwell.
0: Nice. Go ahead, Drew.
2: uh now uh john i w- i was born when the pelican bowl was out there but i'm too young to remember it i've seen the heritage bowl i've seen the pioneer bowl what is it that makes the cricket celebration bowl successful and sustainable where those other bowls have not been sustainable, who basically had the same uh, mission to create a HBCU national champion. What, ha- what, what is it that has made the Celebration Bowl sustainable thus far and will make it sustainable into the future?
3: Um, because the bowl is owned and operated by the Walt Disney Company, um, and as a result, uh which owns and operates espn as you well know so this is an espn owned and operated event um and therefore you know the commitment uh from the walt disney company to this space uh to this event to hbcus and what we're doing and some some things that we're gonna uh, continue to do and grow in that space uh, will certainly allow us to um build the 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 kind of foundation which we we're doing that's necessary to make this you know have this bowl around 100 years from now uh and that we believe that's what the commitment is and the final commitment is when you look at the heritage bowl what was the difference um the heritage bowl was really run by promoters and um and it was a precursor to the celebration bowl it was supposed to have the champions of the MIAC And the SWAC, but the MIAC were sending their champions to the playoffs. So the bowl game always got the number two, or sometimes number three, uh, out of uh, MIAC. And then over the years, you know, even the SWAC stopped sending their number one, and the and the game faded away. This, by contract, um, this game by contract, the conference champions must come to this bowl game, and like I said before, the the uh, financial um, financial benefits for participating in this bowl um, make it really um, one that that all schools want to try to get to. You know, at the beginning of the season, you guys were at media attend media day. There isn't a coach that says, you know, well, I want to make it to the playoffs. All of them say when they start the season, I want to get to the Celebration Bowl, and that's what we um uh, you know that's what we want and we want fans to take the same position that once this game is over they're making their reservations for next year and and we're starting to see that happen as well all right
2: uh my, my last question is and we kind of discussed this on one of the other shows uh that you appeared on the black college sports network in earlier where over the last two weeks but i want to bring it to this particular audience there has been this thing about either a take taking the best two teams to the Celebration Bowl, or b possible expansion of the format of the Celebration Bowl to include a semifinal uh, game culminating with the Celebration Bowl. Could you kind of address the, address those issues for me?
3: Well, you know, I I, I think there is probably in the future some um maybe path forward to that but you know a lot will have to change in order for that to occur you know by you classic would have to move um which i you know we don't how how that would work um you would have to then create what whatever that uh that formula is that sort of gets there but you really today when you think about it it's already somewhat of a playoff um, in 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 a, in a way that exists today, SWAC championship um, game yeah. on the SWAC championship. That is a playoff. Uh, on on the uh, on the Miak side, you know, for them, every game is a playoff because you can't really afford to lose a single game and, um, and 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 you know claim the conference conference title. So as it stands today, you know that exists. But what we're focused on and what I think is very important right now is how do we build this bowl game um and and make sure that it is um totally embraced and we're seeing that happen which is a great thing we're under the direction we're only seven years old um and we recognize that you know that at the fbs level they're expanding um in the next couple of years but keeping in mind they've been around and doing bowl games for a long time a long time Um, you know, before the playoffs, there was the BCS before that they had the bowl system and and they sort of played for a national championship before that they had the bowl system and they had voting for national. you know, you voted for the national champion. So, you know, I'm one that, that focuses this way, you know, don't get over your skis. Don't link, get too far over your skis. Um, it's a great a thing to to have a conversation about but take care of the business that's in front of you right now first and foremost and i think if you if they do that then the teams that that really want to have a playoff will have an opportunity to get to the celebration bowl all
2: right and with that uh we gonna give you the last parting words there mr grant anything that you want to throw out about the weekend about the celebration bowl The, the the floor is yours
3: well, I think um, one thing I'll touch on two things with the point of privilege. Uh, let me say this: that we we are in a a we were in a great moment for HBC football, and certainly we 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 want to thank Coach Sanders for what he did in coming in. However, our what we do is not necessarily predicated on on one person or one individual, and he did great things at Jackson State. He certainly left Jackson State better than it was when he when he found it. He did with because of his his um cachet and his, his celebrity he did bring um, some additional light to um to the HBCU uh, platform and we were building that uh, along the way anyway because there are two things that are important uh, in that regard. Uh, as I said on a previous show in 2015 ESPN was carrying 32 games. Last year we televised over 150 on ESPN platforms, games. So I know myself, I'm sitting with a game on television. I got my phone streaming one. I got my laptop streaming one, and I got my iPad. I'm watching four games at the same time, uh, or five games. That has never happened. And then you add other networks that are in the space covering games as well. So HBCU football is in a great space. Um, What Coach Sanders added was a little bit of jet fuel um and we're gonna now and as we should um we thank him for for the things that he's done very proud of him for that excited for him for what he's going on to do those are the opportunities you earn we all want to try to earn opportunities that are better for us so i congratulate him for that um however for us you know it's it's just a stop on the road um and we this We have a tremendous opportunity today and beyond um, with guys like you and programs like um, BCSN and others that are out there um, um, trumpeting HBCU sports and HBCU and football specifics. That's what we're talking about right now. I want to applaud you guys because you're the real heroes. Um, You're the heroes that are telling the stories day in and day out and shining the light also day in and day out when no one else was. Um, and so that's what, that's who I am really committed to. And that's why I'm on your show here tonight, because I believe that that's important and your agencies like yours are the agencies, um, and platforms like yours are the ones that we need to continue to support because you, you are the ones that are really providing, um, the true light of, you know, for us. And for what we do, and and we thank you all for that. Do yeah, I drop? We, the mic
2: we, mic we appreciate. But, 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 oh yeah, well, you dropped. You dropped drop did, did, did I drop it at
1: this point? <laughs> Hey, you, came, you <laughs> gave
2: you us our flowers. Person. You you gave <laughs> us our flowers, man. And we, we we out here. We just appreciate we just appreciate you guys uh allowing us into into this space because you don't have to do it. You did not have to be here today. You don't have to appear on Dr. Kavir. You don't have to go to the to the pre-game show. I'm not calling out anybody else because they're not part of the BCSN family, but I know you go on other shows also. Uh, but we just allow you guys for allowing us to be in, in this space. And uh I look forward to actually working another BX SWAC challenge and cricket celebration bowl. And for those of y'all don't know, this man is also in charge of the BX SWAC challenge. Yes, we want to remind everybody about that too. Okay.
3: Well, we do, look, you guys have talked about this um, um, a lot. This is going to be, in my in my view, one of the best championship matchups that we've, we've, we've seen. It certainly will be the, one of the best in, in history of the Celebration Bowl, just simply with everything that's going on around it, meaning um, coaches of the year on both sides, uh, offensive players of the year on both sides, defensive players of the year on both sides, and you have, you know, both of these teams, who are champions for their conferences, are, the, are representing the very best that their conference has to offer. So, this is a true championship matchup, which is what we expect out of and expect for um, the, the Cricket Celebration Bowl as a national championship platform. So, we're excited. And, um, you know, I think the numbers are reflecting the fact that the demand from fans is there. And certainly the a lot the attention that, that, that this game is, is getting because of coach Sanders and and because of others, because of North Carolina Central and other schools that play all year long to try to get here. It's made this season exciting. As you well know it's been topsy turvy up and down. One team's in one moment, 20 minutes later, they're out. Um, so it's it's into the sweat into the championship games. So uh, we want to keep building that. And thank you for helping us. Yeah.
2: Where the 23 combined wins for these two teams coming into this particular game is number two tied for number two all time, trailing the 2017 Celebration Bowl with uh North Carolina and North Carolina AT and Grambling coming in. And it's actually tied with, I believe, Celebration Bowl one, if I remember my numbers uh correct. No, Celebration Bowl two. As far as a uh, number of wins by the t- combined wins for the two teams coming into this uh, particular matchup, so just wanted to put Can that I, out there. So we should have a good game. I want to add
3: one other thing that we are launching this year, and forgive me, if I failed to mention it. Um, this year, the Celebration Bowl is launching its inaugural um, Hall of Fame for the Celebration Bowl Hall of Fame. And our first inductee uh, is going to be Tariq Cohen, who was the MVP of the inaugural celebration bowl if you guys recall he ran for 295 yards and his performance yep. literally put the bowl game on the map along with putting himself on the map and it also you know led to his being drafted by the chicago bears and so as a result he will be our first uh inductee into the uh celebration bowl hall of fame Good.
0: Oh, that's great.
2: great i wish Good i could be there in time program. for that ceremony
3: yes yeah. Yeah,
2: we're so going and hopefully we'll get some future Hall of Famers in this particular matchup.
0: Um yeah. go ahead, thank Brian. You, uh, Dr. Grant. I, I, I will say one one thing that will not be debated after this is there will be no debate about a national champion after this because we have the two best teams in everybody's poll. So there will be debates <laughs> after this, a black college national champion will be crowned period thank you period. Uh, mr grant we will see you period we will see you in atlanta the game kicks off noon eastern time on abc uh tiffany green jay walker and tiffany blackman will be doing the uh play-by-play color commentary inside the Line reporting. So again, thank you, uh, Mr. Grant, for your time. Uh, God bless and uh, have a great week heading up to the game. And we're looking forward to a great game. Thank you, thank sir. Thank
3: you, guys. Thank you for having me.
0: Appreciate you, my brother. All right. Okay, we'll take you. a break. Come back and uh, have our next guest coming up. B 4 trap. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here, are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, the Pregame Show, the Carlos Brown Show, the ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports, one broadcast at a
1: time. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves.
4: Nope. Nope. Come
5: on him.
2: Ooh, I like him.
6: <laughs> Quick, the quicker picker upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an
4: eight.
3: He's a nine.
0: Bounty, the quicker picker upper. <laughs>
1: It's like a looting machine. Around town, get
6: down. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride Enjoy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit hbcupridejoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter.
0: CSN Sports Wrap, Brian Fulford, ADG, and it's a pleasure to have joining us right now Missy Lee McInnes, who uh, is, uh, besides being just a, uh, uh, a poet, uh, author, former instructor of English, I believe that correct, at Jackson State University, he also watches all his show. Uh, those of you in the chats, when you see psychedelic literature, uh, that's C lead right here uh and so you know don't you know always bring in people who uh who you guys who are uh on youtube and the chatter we don't, we don't always bring the folks throw onto on the show but but when, when you write great essays and then when you quote us in the essays you might get an invite to come on to the show <laughs> hey
1: it's i tell you what it's a lot it's a lot of people in the chat saying he, he got a face for the chat room. That's what his face is for.
0: He should be sure to just vote in the chat room.
2: Well, hey, look. That's all, that's right. Like they told me I had a face for
0: radio, so there you go. And then and then and then our and our, our producer, our, our uh our boss wanted us. No, we're doing video. We're doing live video. Great. All right. Anyway, so uh uh now Seeley, you, you were in uh Jackson, correct? You live in, in
1: Jackson. What, what? Yeah, technically, I'm in a little suburb outside of Jackson, uh, Clinton. We call it West Jackson Extended. So, yeah, I'm technically in Jackson, <laughs> just out there. Um, but I, I literally live—I literally live 15 minutes from Jackson State. I've never lived as an adult. I've never lived more than 15 minutes from Jackson State in my adult life.
0: True. Oh, look what uh, what what's great about having you on right now is uh, it's been fascinating to hear people's thoughts over the past week. Um, You know, a lot of great commentary, not only from our host uh, shows, but also outside entities. Uh, You sent sent me uh, an essay uh, titled, The Other Crabs Are Back to Being Happy. Now what? The aftermath of Coach Deion Sanders leaving JSU. And I thought, because obviously Drew and I did our show last week, we called it uh, Day One After Prime. It was Day... Day one AP, the day after Prime, and, and trying to trying to see what would life be like. How will people survive? You all had our thoughts and opinions as to whether Coach Prime will should coach in the celebration bowl. Guess what? News flash, he is. Breaking news, he is. The players say they want him, so guess what? He's there. Uh that will happen on Saturday, without a doubt. But I think there's some some bigger impacts to coach Sanders that is up for I, I don't know if it's debate or if it's really just more so things that people need to ask. and especially the community of the Jackson State Jackson community because that's who let's let's keep it real folks that's who he he came to that's who he touched that's who he made believe and that's who he brought success. And so I, I, I want you to kind of talk a little bit about what, uh, what, what brought you to, uh, to write this essay, and then we'll kind of get into some, some of it.
1: Well, I, I'm just hearing all the chatter is what made me write it, and and if you like, you guys have read the essay, so it's it's really it's a six page essay, and so really in the six page essay. Only in the first paragraph do I address the other HBCUs. And then after I address the other HBCUs in that first paragraph, the rest of those six pages, I'm really addressing the Jackson State community and what we need to do to continue what we're doing. But I also wanted to address the fact that it was ironic that when Coach Sanders announced that he was leaving the university, the vast majority of folks who were outraged online with non-Jacksonians, right? And so while other folks were setting the internet ablaze criticizing Coach Sanders, Jacksonians were like, hey, remember us? We're the ones whose coach left us. We're okay. We knew we were renting a coach. And as I stated in my article, we hoped that that was a four-year rental. I don't know one Jacksonian. Young, old, been around. Like, I'm a second-degree Jackson State graduate. I've been attending Jackson State games since 1975. My father attended the first black college game in the VET in 1967, Grambling versus Jackson State. So we never thought he would be here longer than his four-year contract. As such, the majority of Jacksonians were simply disappointed that the stay was only two years because none of us thought that he would succeed at this level, at this this fast. Don't make me remind a lot of the HBCU pronosticators where they had Jackson State ranked for the 2021 preseason. So the fact that he succeeded so fast expedited his exit. But even in that, most Jacksonians were disappointed but not angry. We only became angry when we began to see those lies floating around that we had mismanaged funds and stole money, which I I do hope to at least get a – a, a, a chance to address just that in a brief way. But for the most part, we knew it was a rental. And when I see people online losing their minds, it's like, we we knew it was a rental. And when you know it's a rental, you may get upset and say, hey, we, we gonna need the keys back a little early. We gonna need y'all to bring those keys back early. But that's been the, the, general, the general consensus, right? But the outrage you now see from Jacksonians, well, that's about those lies and those
0: rumors out
1: there, and that's
2: where you now really seeing a lot of Jackson's day
0: folk. Uh,
1: can, go ahead, Andrew, just,
2: go ahead. I was just trying, just, just it's interesting that you say that because obviously, uh, the pregame show with Bishop and Neely is uh, a member of the uh, BCSN family of podcasts, and offline, it's amazing hearing you say that because they have said that same thing we we know he's going somewhere at some point in time we just here to enjoy this ride and and do our part to assist him in this ride what you know we're thankful for the access that he's given us and that he's put this faith in us to put out this product called the pregame show even though the pregame show was there before coach prime got there it, it really went to a different level with coach prime being there and they plan on being there after after Coach Prime. But it's just interesting hearing you say that also. It, and it's basically some of the same things that uh Bishop and Neely have been saying to me, Brian and the rest of the BCSN family in our in our back office conversations, as we like to say. I'm sorry, Brian, I had to put that in there, but go and, ahead and let, and let me get, get some time. let me let me get
1: some let me get some context in this and it's now use the context this way. Because not only am I a poet and a short story writer, I'm also a, a, a Prince scholar. My, in fact, my book on Prince has been taught at over 10 different universities. And So, so when I say Prince scholar, I'm not just throwing that, throwing that around. A lot of people know the story about the fact that when Prince opened for the Rolling Stones, he got booed off stage, right? And what somebody said to bring to that context was, if you got 100,000 people in the stands, well, if just 10% of those people boo you, that's a lot of people if you getting booed. And so I want to bring in context because I know some people in the chat said, whatever. Well, some people, I mean, if you got 50,000 alumni, right? You got 50,000 registered Jackson State alumni. And if 10% of them, right, were upset and angry, does that represent, yeah, 5,000, does that represent the vast amount of folk that represent Jackson State? So uh-huh. I think we have to keep in context. When you go to these online, when you originally go to these online spaces, when you have, and as I said in my article, here's one thing I said in my article, I'm probably one of the few black nationalists that graduated from an HBCU, and I was a black nationalist because of the way my father raised me before I got to Jackson State. Most HBCU grads are, are, are integrationists and capitalists. I don't knock it. And so the whole point here is that if you, as I said in the article, if you are integrationist and a capitalist, you really can't be that mad at Co Sanders because that's kind of how you wrote. So again, to say, well, some Jackson State folks were upset. You know, the vast—if you go to all the online people, people were calling him all these different disparaging names. None of those were JSU platforms, and none of those were Jackson State folks. You know, if you got five thousand out of fifty, if you got five thousand out of fifty thousand, hey, I'll take this. So, so ten percent of us acted in a bad way. Ninety percent of us didn't. I'm good with that.
2: Uh, be- before you turn it back to uh, Brian, Tara T. wanted to know where can she find the article. I think it's important that we get that out
1: uh, out there for uh, all, of you, all of our listeners. Yeah. well, it's it, unfortunately it's only published in print form, uh, 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 Jackson Advocate. However, if they go to my website, psychedelicliterature.com dot com, and don't worry if you can't spell psychedelic, just start typing close enough, it'll pop up. That's that's just a joke. <laughs> 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 um, but now, if if you go to my website, psychedelicliterature.com, psychedelic and email me, I can get it to So there's no problem. It's actually in print form because that's one of the things people see me a lot online. But as a poet and a short story writer, when I write, I write for publication. A lot of people always ask me, "Hey man, won't you spit one of your poems for me?" Like I don't really do that. I write for my poems to be read rather than people to listen, listen to me saying them. Now I will read poems, but I'm I'm primarily a writer. So, yeah, so if you go to literature.com, you can actually uh, get the art. Um,
0: two 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 interesting things that um, came up in the article, I thought, uh, besides the, the part where you talked about being an integrationist, and it's very, my father being a Norfolk State alum, uh, I, I'll never, there's one thing he, reminding me of of what he was taught in Norfolk state and it's something that I going to Florida him, and in the school of business and industry drew you know what I'm talking about is something that we learned we learned how to build our own business we learned how to go work somewhere else so it's kind of I is that that check that check mark I was like wow you hit something there but uh, one of the things you talked about was the business community. And I first heard, you may have said this uh, elsewhere, but I know I first heard it when uh, Neely talked about it. And then you, again, about the impact or maybe the opportunity that the business community in Jackson missed out on. Uh, um, you brought up a great example about the relationship of Kings County versus, uh, I believe you said Brandon, Mississippi. Now, granted, I am completely unfamiliar with cities in Mississippi. I am learning every year, every month. And when I make my visit to the great city city of Mississippi,
1: (laughs) Don't let you drag you to the casinos. That's what you're going to drag you, to. That's what okay, you Go good. for it. Yeah, that's what the are. <laughs> you know all the casinos is. <laughs> don't
0: do let <laughs> Drew Drew knows my heart too well, so thank you. That's why that's why I have you on the show because Drew knows my heart too well. But but talk a little bit about the the business and what you feel like the business community of Jackson missed out. And as you talk about moving, uh, did 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 that community, national alumni, or whoever
1: did something learn from the experience of the past three years? So that's a great question. I want to discuss that. I want to break that down into two components, the Jackson, Mississippi, and Hines County. So Jackson, Mississippi sits in a county called Hines County. So Jackson, Mississippi is majority Black. Hines County is majority Black. The problem is Hines County is surrounded by counties and cities that are majority white, and majority Republican lead. So a part of the problem with that $30 million boom that Jackson State brought to the city of Jackson, which is majority black, it also brought a major, even more financial boom to those majority white Republican cities and counties, such as Madison and Rankin and those towns. And, and so, and, and what happens are, the white folk in those surrounding counties and town will take black folks money, but won't reinvest. And what I thought we missed a major opportunity in the Jackson State National Alumni is not only putting pressure on the businesses inside of Jackson and Highs County, but to put pressure on black folk attending the game, because most of the hotels and restaurants where people were staying and eating we're not in the city of Jackson and not in Hines County, but we're in those white, Republican, racist counties and cities around. And I just felt that the the National Alumni, which I am one, because I pay my I pay my dues annually, that we should have been telling people, when you go to the game, stay inside the city of Jackson. When you go to the game, stay inside Hines County. Do not stay at a hotel in Brandon and Richland and Madison County because those are people who hate Jackson State and have never done anything good for Jackson. And the the example I used in the article was, and it's interesting that Maxwell is gonna be part of the celebration ball. I thought it was just completely disrespectful that we, our Jackson State alumni and Jackson State, didn't have a problem with Maxwell playing in the Brandon Amphitheater in one of the most racist cities in the state of Mississippi. And then having it on our college website and having it in our stadium at the vet, this is the official homecoming game when there are at least three other venues equal the size and parking as the Brandon Amphitheater. And so how can we as conscious social political HBCU beings have our homecoming concert in in one of the most racist cities in the state of Mississippi go out there and make them money and allow it to happen, that's a failure of us. And that's those, those are the kind of things I wanted to enlighten us about is, Coach Sanders is gone. We had the two-year rental. Now, what are we doing to become sovereign, self-sufficient beings? And it starts with putting pressure to make sure we shop in Jackson, shop in Hines County, and, and tell people if, if, if you're gonna have black people staying in your hotels, Rankin County and Madison County, if you have black people eating in your restaurants, Rankin County and Madison County, then you need to stop sending some money to Jackson State.
2: Sounds like you almost need a green book for Jackson State alumni, maybe call it D book.
1: Yes, we do. Thank you for that. I'm gonna be getting that. That's gonna be at the next meeting. We need a D book. We do. Thank you, brother. A Another reason why I tune in to watch y'all because you can say it jokingly, but y'all are always don't
0: um, let's, let's get into some of the, the issues that have come up. You mentioned, uh, what does have Jacksonians upset about, uh, lies, um, now the financials are interesting and, you know, I, I think the words that, that I've read or the, the articles are, or, or I don't know if they're blog posts or tweets or what they are, but, it's contract obligations not being fulfilled, things of that nature. Uh, summarize for us as best as you can what's out there, what you hear, and what you see is true. And are we playing semantics with the words versus the policy? For example, when I heard that so and so money was being stolen, but then you hear my first question was what's the policy? Because obviously you have school policy related to where money and how money goes, uh, and so on and so forth. So I, I'll let you kind of speak on that.
1: So what most people don't understand. So so the big thing is because everybody knew that Co Sanders was getting paid, or part of his pay was coming out of ticket sales, right? And so. What most people and, and that Jackson State was purposely undercounting or under certifying or underrepresenting the amount of tickets being sold. <laughs> what most people don't understand is that attendance is something that must be certified by the NC2A because the NC2A actually keeps records of attendance as part of determining who gets to host bowl games and if a school is allowed to move up from say D3 to D2 or D2 to 2 to D1. As such, Misreporting attendance is not something that the NC2A would allow to happen. Yet, I haven't heard anything about the NC2A investigating this issue. Moreover, the SWAC uses attendance numbers and television ratings to negotiate television ads. So with both the SWAC and the NC2A needing to certify those numbers, what's the likelihood that an HBCU would be able to misrepresent its attendance numbers? Do y'all really think that the FCS and the NC2A are really happy that Jackson State and other HBCUs regularly lead the FCS in attendance? Do y'all think that if the FCS and the NC2A could prove that JSU in any way lies about its numbers, that they wouldn't love to prove that point so that schools such as North Dakota State could lead the FCS in attendance? So this notion that JSU stole funds from Coach Sanders by lying about the attendance is just a lie. It's not semantics, it's not syntax, it's not splitting of hairs, it's a lie. And the sad part about this lie is that it's other black folks perpetuating this lie, allowing the NC2A and the FCS to keep his hands clean. White folks are getting a two for one deal in this. They're getting Coach Sanders to a PWI and they're getting black folks denigrating the name of an HBCU. So there's yet there's no proof that Jackson State stole, misappropriated anything because the NC2A and the FCS, FCS has the receipts. And more importantly, every coach that has that deal gets paid 30 days after the season ends. So, for instance, for 2001, that would have been handled 30 days after. Did you hear anybody saying that after 2001, uh, Coach Sanders didn't get paid properly? And since it's not 30 days after this season, how do we know he hasn't been paid properly since he's not due to be paid until 30 days after the season?
2: Can I throw something else out there about
1: attendance? Let me ask somebody just said, who put that out there? It got put out there because, and and here's something I tell the young folk or whatever, you know, I'm 52 years old, so I'm not on Twitter. I've never sent a text or read a text in my life. I've never sent a tweet. But Coach Sanders did an interview with a a YouTube channel uh, titled uh, Earn Your Leisure. And I watched it. It it was an hour interview. They took a 30-second clip where he said that we have to get our business practices correct. And he used attendance and accounting for tickets as a hypothetical example. Somebody took that 30-second clip from a one hour. And here's how I tell you, when I saw the whole thing, I didn't think anything about the example. They took that 30 second clip and then they, they, they said, Coach Sanders exposes Jackson State. And that's where that's coming. So I would tell everybody, go watch the Earn Your Leisure interview with Coach Sanders and you'll see exactly what I'm saying. I'm sorry, brother Drew, I just wanted to uh, nah. tell people what that is.
2: No, nah, no, nah, that's that's good. But uh, one thing I want people to keep in, uh in mind about attendance, Attendance and paid attendance are two different numbers. While you may say attendance is forty thousand, which which how many students are at uh, Jackson State right now currently? At, right at seven thousand, Okay, right at seven thousand. Let's say twenty five hundred of those come come to the game. Guess what? Those twenty five hundred did not pay for a ticket. That's part of their student activity fee. But yeah. those twenty five hundred are counted in, in that in the in the game attendance yeah you bought you bought your ticket but you for some reason something came up and you did not show up to the game the fact that you bought that ticket is counted in attendance but you didn't you haven't walked through that term style so they're very different numbers that you play with those tickets we all know we're talking about HBCUs. No offense, HBCUs. But if it's one thing that you learn at an HBCU, it's the art of the hookup. Yeah. You go, you go get you gonna hook somebody up, getting them into the game, or getting them getting get a comp ticket, or something along those lines. Oh, did I say comp tickets? Y'all know every football player on that roster gets four comp tickets. Yep. Yeah. You got. You probably got about eighty people on the roster. Plus, the coaches get their comp tickets. So let's say yeah. that's a hundred. That's a hundred people getting comp tickets times four. Oh, wait a minute! Don't forget about the road team. They get yeah. comp tickets too. And some people, some people add the bands in there. Some people don't add the bands in there when you talk about attendance. So there are many different things that you could do with with those attendance numbers president suite did they count them in attendance or did the president all just right. let them all just all come in some people count all those people in the president's suite in attendance some people don't so you could get you could have two three thousand four thousand people in the stadium that haven't paid and it's not nothing illegal about it it's just how just it's just the art of doing business and yeah yeah, we we like you say we want to count those numbers because we want the swag to lead fcs in attendance we want to look good to the nc2a but we ain't getting paid off all those off all those numbers either so everybody got to keep that in mind when you talk about when you talk about attendance and then there's paid attendance right so just wanted to throw that out there i'm sorry
1: no, I think that, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's important because that, that gets into those other kind of ancillary or miscellaneous uh, aspects. Uh, I said my father always sat on the visitor side. And there's two reasons. It's funny when people talk about the heat. There's two reasons why my father always sat on the visitor side in the fit. One, because the way the sun sets, you have more sun in December. So we used to tell people in August, you hate that sun now, but come December, you're going to love that sun. And secondly, it was always easy to get 50-yard line seats on the visitor side. So I can tell you for the last two Southern games, right? I sit on the visitor side and it would be like, I was using more people being there. And on both times, either because of the rain or just because this time, a lot of people with Southern were upset who the starting quarterback was gonna be. People were telling me, well, folks just didn't come once they heard about who the starting quarterback was gonna be. Those tickets were still sold, they just didn't come. So there are a lot of ancillary things that people say, well, how did they sell X amount of tickets? But they're empty seats. There are a lot of reasons why you may have an empty seats. Hmm.
0: Um, so as we as we look to the future, well, let, let's start with this celebration bowl, C. Lee. Uh I'm one of those people that think the distractions will be a problem. I don't believe teams and, and I and I was telling somebody else that although Jackson State looked great. In that first quarter against Southern, I'm giving Southern a lot of credit for that, for turning the ball over three times and and helping Jackson State punch 21 points up in a quarter, right? But I think three weeks of noise. Let's like maybe maybe I'm overstating my columns, but let's just call it noise. Noise that takes away from focus. I think that'll be interesting to see how the Jackson State players and coaches who are all juggling. Look, Deion, Coach Prime may be able to juggle two jobs because he played two sports. Uh, I, de- I can't say that all his coaches are as good at juggling things as he is. Uh, what is your thoughts on the Celebration Bowl? Uh, how, how do you see this game out for Jackson State?
1: So, a couple of things. One of the big changes over the past two years is how early signing day Has increased for HBCUs. And I think we have to understand that three years ago, early signing day was never a big deal. Well, I'm not gonna say it wasn't a big deal, but it wasn't as exciting for HBCUs. And so one of the things that we just had to understand at Jackson State was whether he coaches or not, early signing day is shot for us. So it's no easy. So so having him not coach is not gonna make up for early signing day. So, okay, so you you check that off. That's not a reason not to have it. Next is, what do the players want, right? Do the players want him to coach the game? And then you weigh that with what are the optics, right? I'm one of those people who I don't necessarily like the optics of having your coach fluctuate between one school or another. But if you know that the vast majority of your players are jumping in the portal anyway, or that's a good notion that they're going to jump in the portal anyway, then that means if you name another coach – and, and and the the vast majority of the coaches are going anyway, then you're not gonna have a game anyway because you're either gonna have. From right now, TC Taylor's looking like gonna be the last man standing. Right, uh, he's he gonna be when we used to play hide and go seek. He's gonna be the last toe in the circle of hide and go seek. So you know, some of y'all ancient and number nine. Going down Chicago line, hit the train, jump the check. Do you want your money back? I owe you fair out so yes, you, may. Hope TC Taylor's gonna be the last one standing in there. So, <laughs> so when you look at all those facts, right? Uh what are we gonna do? You really are kind of left with let the coach, let them coach, grin and bear it. Uh, it's almost kind of like you you we got a relationship. You got this last thing. You you you, you, you think about this. You're in the temptations. Y'all got this last big award show or whatever y'all got to do, and then the band going to break up. Well, for contractual obligations, we're going to do this last concert. And then after this last concert, we're going to all go our separate ways. Because, cause again, if he doesn't coach the game, all at least half the players jump in the portal, all the coaches gone. Only somebody gonna show up is TC about three folk dudes, and don't <laughs> nobody want to see that. So you you you're left in a. And again, when I tell people, and this is what I want people know: we okay with that at Jackson State. We you signed that deal. Remember what I said in the article? I said you can call it uh, swinging for the fences. You can call it making a deal with the devil, but whatever it is, you can pay me now. You can pay me later. This is the later payment. We're cool with it. And then after the celebration, if things go like we think, it'll be a 13-0 season or it'll be a 12-1 season. So it'll be a season about which we can all be proud and then we can turn the page. So there is, for people who say he shouldn't coach, unless you just don't want a game to happen, unless you don't want President Hudson and TC to walk out there and say, hey, man, we ain't got it. Unless you don't want that to happen on national TV, it is what it is. And
2: I was let go, go ahead, brother Drew. I want to say to Go ahead, I was gonna say if Jackson State wins and they get up there on the on the on the stage and everything, and you know how the presidents of whatever university always want to be in the picture, would that be hashtag awkward
1: at that point in time?
2: I'm just, I'm just curious if, if we if we'll be hey, at that point forget, in time. It's,
1: it's been hashtag awkward since the announcement. It's too late to be hashtag awkward now. <laughs> I mean, no. Hashtag awkward win. It's it's you know, it's, it's been hashtag awkward since since so and yeah, once you understand it, once you understand this what it is, like I and for years I've been one of those people that got I, I never understood the two-week notes. I remember I was going to leave a job. They said, you need to give us two week notice. I said, well, for the next two weeks, notice ain't here. How about that? And so, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know. but this is what you, you know, what the old saying? When somebody thinking, like, I I, I retired from Jackson State two years ago. I taught at Jackson State for 25 years. I retired uh, and, and someone, when someone said, why did you retire so early? Why did you retire so young? I said, because I was always told, once you start thinking about retirement, you've already retired. So therefore... It's awkward. It's messy for a lot of folk. But for the Jackson State people, this is what it is. And I will say this. I will say this one thing. Uh, I actually had the privilege of writing an article about T.C. Taylor when he was a Jackson State ball player. I wrote the article praising him. Because a lot of people don't know that T.C. Taylor came to Jackson State as a heavily touted quarterback. And he came in as a freshman, as a heavily touted quarterback, And unfortunately for him, right after that next year, we signed Superman. We signed Robert Superman Kent, and the writing was on the wall that TC Taylor was going to have to move to receiver. And I wrote an article praising him that this man who came in as a quarterback could have soaked, could have been all about me, me, me. What did TC Taylor do after being switched to receiver? He broke half the receiving records at Jackson State, and so I'm saying that because. A lot of people also don't understand that T.C. Taylor was the offensive coordinator the last time North Carolina Central was in the celebration bowl. So he has a resume. The the decision that Jackson State has to make is a very difficult decision. Do we choose T.C. Taylor, who if chosen, and I may be biased, if chosen, to me would already be one of the top three coaches in the SWAC, or do we question his ability to recruit. That's really the only decision that needs to be made about T.C. Taylor. His coaching pedigree, his coaching history is not an issue. But the problem for Jack Say and the question we're going to have to ask ourselves is, can he recruit enough to steady the ship? And that's all I say about who the next coach will be. But that's primarily the, the question we're going to have to answer about T.C. Taylor. I won't be upset. If he is named the coach, because that means that, that, and and, and as someone else said, the biggest diamond that we got is Ashley Robinson. A.D. Robinson has proved himself to be one of the best A.D.'s in the HBCU space. As such, I have faith that Ashley Robinson will make the best choice to keep us moving. I'm sorry for being so long-winded on that. T.C.
2: Taylor will be coaching somewhere next year as a head coach. Be it Jackson State or be it another
0: program. I, I have no doubt about that.
1: No doubt. No, no
2: doubt. I'm
0: I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you 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 said that because the the one thing I, I will say I admire this about Jackson State is sometimes a little frustrating with our own university, is that you people in place and coaches, whether it be your women's head coach, your men's basketball coach, uh you know, T C Taylor. You have uh, you have people who they are from they are from community. they are from that space they are from that school they love that school they will die they bleed Jackson State I I wish we had more of that in Tallahassee almost but that's that's the one thing I'm a little envious uh, about Jack Jackson State so even though I, I may take shots at Jackson State y'all uh, you know. You know you guys are all that in that respect, and that part is uh, what I praise you guys about. And, and maybe as, a, as the new dawn comes into uh, Tallahassee, uh, you know, a new day happens. We, we will start to get that as well. Uh, I give you the final word, C. Lee, uh, as we get ready to close this and let people know where they can find your works, where, and uh, so on and so forth.
1: So all of my books, all of my books. You can go to Amazon.com, you can go to Barnes and Noble, anywhere online. I've written eight books, and I've written four collections of poetry, one collection of short, one short story. There you go. You go to my website. You go to my website. You can find all my books. Also, if you go to my, you go to my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I don't like reading my poetry a lot, but you can go to my YouTube channel and see where I read, read my poetry. I've discussed my writing. Uh, a lot of times I lecture around the country on creative writing. And again, my uh, my my Prince book. And I, just to add that point, uh, I appreciate both you guys. Uh, and, and I put this in the chat. More than I come here for sports, I come here to see intellectual Black folks refute the lie of white supremacy. And you guys never disappoint me. That I know that when I come to see you guys, I only go. I go to mostly Jackson State platforms, but I also go to three neutral platforms. I come to BCSN Sports Rap, I do Dr. Caville. And I do uh, HBCU Game Day because I go to those three platforms because I know I'm going to get objective. I know I'm going to get well-researched. And so I just want to thank both of y'all for always just, you guys, every time you come on, you are refuting the lie of white supremacy. And and, and I know it's a sports show, but as as the great uh, literary scholar Henry Louis Gates said, when Black people started writing, it was never just about entertainment because writing is one of the most salient examples of intellect. So black people write not only for entertainment. White people, white, Black people write because writing has been a tool in our liberation struggle. And I appreciate you guys using both your journalism and your voice as a tool in our liberation struggle. And I'll shut up and let you guys close out.
2: Appreciate the, we appreciate, once again, we appreciate the flowers. That's two, that's two guests in a row, Brian, uh, giving us some flowers, man.
0: I, I'm scared to do the last segment, Drew. I think we ought to just shut it down and go. We don't even need to tell people drop about the, all the lines and stuff from the game, man. We might mess it up. Uh, we can't drop the bike, but thing. I can
2: show them, show them both. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey I see Lee, again, thank you. Uh, much appreciated, and uh, appreciate the, you just taking time to to one since uh, your your essays as you've been doing uh, to, to me via email. Oh, a lot. Um, hey, well, ha- happy holidays! say oh, yeah. one last thing. thing?
1: definitely, definitely. Uh, no. if if there's a black newspaper in your community for a Christmas present. Buy a black child a subscription to a black newspaper or a black uh, magazine. We have to make sure that black journals stay alive. So buy subscriptions. Buy buy a black child a book and buy. The, we have to get young black. We have to understand that if we don't fund our liberation, no one else is going to fund it for us. And part of it is funding black media outlets. I'm sorry, I said them now.
2: I bet my jet magazine, No, special page 43. Oh, man, do
0: I? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, you remember the page number, too. Look at you. Hey, <laughs>
1: hey, <laughs> hey, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. I said me, not right, you. Right,
0: right. <laughs> All right, hey. Right. Hey, uh, thank you again, C. Lee, uh, for joining us. Uh, let's take a short break. We're going to wrap it up, give you guys some... Uh, some, some final thoughts on the Celebration Bowl, uh, you know, how we see this going, bets, all that good stuff coming up on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in
5: just a moment. This is the dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill, of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app, as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports, with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop course let you
6: dismiss you see head and shoulders a scalp shield technology protects against
5: flakes even between washes it's never not working kind of like us number 15 never
6: not working
0: i don't like this one me neither let's get out of here head and shoulder scalp shield never not working follow the black college sports network on social media at my bcsn1 the number one on facebook Instagram and Twitter at MyBCSN1 From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www.slowburnwaco.com
4: some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription one is no fun with verizon there's up to 7 entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan that's 7 times the <laughs> 7 times the <laughs> no, no, no 7 times the <laughs> no. Music, gaming, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think.
0: Back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here as we try to put a bow on our celebration Celebration Bowl preview show. Um, I can to be uh, humbled, Drew, as we've done this for six years. At how sometimes this show can be, you know, therapeutic in different ways, not only for us but for others. Uh, how it can be uh, doing things in the background that I know me I don't even process I, I'm just a I'm just a kid I'm, I'm just you know I'm just a guy who loves sports uh, I love talking about sports you know just like there are people who love talking politics love talking about stocks uh, you know love talking about social issues. I'm just a guy who just loves talking about sports, and then you find out about so many other things about life through sports. And so, uh, I'm I'm incredibly thankful to uh, C. Lee, McInnes, uh John Grant for joining us. Uh, for all of you guys on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and, and let's let's not forget. I, I think perspective makes a difference. We all we all have opportunities to grow in our thoughts and opinions. And and never never judge somebody by their first opinion. Because I think a lot of us some people had very strong takes and strong thoughts about coach Prime uh and then sometimes we lose sight of the bigger picture. And, and so so, oh, you know, and, and the bigger picture is sometimes those uh on that team, the Jacks the Jackson, the Jackson State community, um, and you know, things like that, Drew, kind of uh just remind you, remind me that hey, we we're entitled to change our thoughts and opinions. You are entitled to change your thoughts and opinions, you know. So don't let anybody paint you into a corner with the thought and about how you feel. um you know I'm still for the petty Drew. I, I love petty. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I well, you know love I love controversy petty. so yes, you I love petty, you love controversy. So I, I you know, but at the end of the day we are allowed to have different thoughts. So the one thing we love do love taking a look at this game from a betting perspective, uh, because I know that's something that happens during bowl season. There are a lot of people uh, who will be taking a look at this game through different lenses. Uh, so let's let's break, let's kind of go through some of the things that are out there uh, as it relates to this game. This game is fascinating, a fascinating kind of handicap, because it does play the sense of, you know you've got the number 1 and number 2 ranked team um but the number 1 team comes in with a lot of stuff that Louis luggage that Louis Vuitton luggage that you heard coach Prime talking about well it's you know it's it's on everybody's back um and so Jackson State comes into this ball game as a 16 and a half point favorite in faraway places. Now, what that means for those of you who don't understand spreads and things—that means Vegas or people who set lines think that Jackson State will beat North Carolina Central by 17 points or more. Do you agree or disagree with that? Me?
2: Yeah. Oh, you. if if I if I'm
0: doing this right now.
2: I I am taking Central plus the 16 and a half, and I'm taking the over. And for those who don't understand what the over is, that is that the combined score of these two teams will be 56 points or more. 55 points, if I take the over, I lose. 57 points, if I take the over, I win. 56 points, I push. I get exactly back what I put in.
0: Right, right. So that's the uh, difference between spread and money line. Uh, uh, Go ahead. Explain,
2: explain, the money, explain the money line to everybody, Brian.
0: Yeah, I was going to put that back up there. I was going to explain again the the number underneath where you see spread 16 and a half or plus 16. So if you're a North Carolina central backer, you're going to bet on North Carolina central plus the 16 and a half. Now, the minus 110 essentially means if you were to bet $110, you would win $100. Essentially, that's what that means. So if you bet $110 to win $100, that's what you get. If you bet $100, you'd win $90. Um, that's what that means for the total. Now, the money line means basically straight up, who do you think wins? Jackson State or North Carolina Central? If you think, now I will tell you this. Minus eight hundred. Essentially, means you are putting down eight hundred dollars to win one hundred. That means Jackson oh, oh. State is that much if a favorite. Again, uh, you are for, putting down. Let's
2: let's make it. Let's make it simple.
0: Hold on, you hold put on, down hundred
2: dollars. You get hold twenty. On, hold on.
0: No, 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 no. That's not. That's not how you should. I don't think that's how you should break that down. I don't. I think if you if you put it out there in the large macro version, minus 800 to win 100, I think that's what makes sense. And then, yeah, if you break it down even smaller, yeah, that's what that's saying. That's how much of a favorite Vegas thinks Jackson State is over North Carolina Central. Now, on the other side is where I think it's real interesting. The MEAC is 5-1 and one in Celebration Bowls. The only loss was one point to Grambling State in 2016. It just so happened to be North Central, right? But all other games have been won by the MEAC. So if you are a Miacor and you think that the Miac just controls this series, the 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 two week layoff, the distractions are going to be a problem. North Carolina Central has the best dual threat quarterback in this game. Uh, then plus five ten means if you put a hundred dollars down. You're winning $510. That's basically a five to one numbers there with North Carolina Central. Uh so Drew, spread, money, line, and total. What what do you look at? You look at those three. What's a if you were advising a best bet, what would you tell people? Or would you like for me to give you some stats first before I give you that best bet? Before you give me that best bet.
2: If if this is me going into this uh obviously I'm going to do my research this is for entertainment purposes only uh just want to throw that out there this is this is just my opinion uh and there are a couple other sites that I like to use when determining where I should lay hard-earned money at if I am betting one thing people have to keep in mind is this spread that you see this over under that you see is controlled by how much money is bet on one side we there are many times you see games open up at let's say 13. this game has moved to 16 and a half if this game would have opened up at 13. that means that more money is being bet on the team where the line is moving so that's saying more money was bet on Jackson State so in order for the book to make money, they have to move the line to increase their odds of winning. When you see the line moving in favor of one team or or against one team, obviously Jackson State giving up even more points, that's telling me as a betting person, I need to bet on the other side. Because the true line, and I believe the true line on this game, when I mean true line, that's what it opened up at. And those those betting sites or those analytical sites that are not influenced by money, I believe was is either 10 and a half or 11, if I if I've yes. got my numbers right. Somewhere, somewhere between 10 and a half and eleven and a half. The fact that Jackson yes, State correct. is now at 16 and a half and the true line is 10 and a half. That tells me to put my money on Central. I'm not quite sure how much the over-under has moved on on this game. I, I don't remember looking that – I don't remember that number off the top of my head. So I've taken North Carolina Central. I've just got – and this is just my gut feeling that this game is going to be more about these two offenses and these defenses than, the, than these defenses. I believe both offenses are going to put up some points because both these teams like to score in explosions. We know Jackson state scores early. Then they hit the second quarter or third quarter low. And then they come back in the fourth quarter and score big again. Central. Same thing. Central comes, comes out early. They hit a They hit a low little middle, Then they club. Then they close strong. That's why I'm really looking for the. Over. I mean, let's look at that. 56, do the math. Mm. That's that's a 28-28 ball game at 56. Mm. Do you think Jackson State will score over 28 points? Yes, I do. Do do I think Central will score over 28 points? Yes, I do. So that's right there. That's just telling me to take the over. Now, the last number, the money line no matter how bad i would think jackson state would win this game as a betting man you cannot put money on jackson state on the money line it makes absolutely (laughs) no sense using your analogy to put 800 to get 100 out of it so central wins you hit on that hell you can miss the other two. You just need Central to win the doggone game. But if Central win the doggone game, you've already hit the spread. Because Central win, Central has to, by rule, Central has to win this game by one point. <laughs> they got another 15 and a half on the spread. So just for some of those who, who like, like to look at it, now do your own research. Make sure you make sure you study this. I'm not telling you. Don't, please don't put your rent money or your car note on this. But the, the safest bet <laughs> yeah. right now, looking at these numbers, is to bet North Carolina Central on the money line. Definitely on the spread. You can play with the over/under. Go with yeah. your gut feeling on that one. But the, the safest bet is Central in the spread. Remember, uh, I, I will State, say these, Hold on. Uh, let me say, let me say, remember,
0: Jackson State did not cover in the SWAC championship game. SWAC championship game. Correct. Did not. Did not. And, and you got with that, again, that was a 20 and a half point line with a quarterback that, as you heard C. Lee say, I mean, Southern folks didn't even want to go to the game because they knew who was starting and, and were proved right. And so after spotting. I said it, spotting Jackson State twenty-one points off turnovers in the first quarter, uh, they ended up coming back to cover that game with Dow. Um, I would say the best bet is North Carolina Central plus the sixteen and a half. Uh, let me tell you why. Uh in the previous six celebration bowls, four of those games have been decided by seven points or less. It really hasn't been it really hasn't been until these last two games uh last year uh the three over game that led to South carolina state winning 31 to 10 and then the North Carolina aT allcorn game which nobody played any defense which was 6044
2: the ba- the basketball uh, game
0: the basketball game yeah those, those were the games where the point differential was 20 points or more. So I I think history, and again, one thing I'll say, the A&T-Alcorn game number two, right, was the second time those two teams have met in consecutive years. So I I think that uh, there is something to be said to playing for a close ball game. You know, maybe Jackson State wins by a touchdown. Maybe they win by 10 points. But 16 and a half. Wow. I mean, that that is a that's a whole lot. And and I would say, you know, other than Campbell, uh, that's the only team that ran North Carolina Central out the door. Right. And that was a road game for North Carolina Central. Uh, So I think you got to take that in consideration. And when you do your research, go look at what teams, what Jackson State did, what North Carolina Central did during the year. Okay, go look at every game and just do the math. That's how you do your research. How many Jackson State score in the 12 games they won? You know, uh, how many games did did North Carolina Central score? How many did they give up? How many, you know, just do the numbers. Margin of victory. Margin of victory. Use stuff like that to give you, a, an educated, uh, what we call an educated guess or what they say yeah. in the industry, give you a good handicap. To, right, on, on where to go. Uh, I'll also say, as relates to your total, Drew, four of the six games have gone 46 total points or less. Hmm. Uh, the only two that ever was the first one where Tyreek Cohen went nuts. That was 41 to 31, that was 75 total points. And then of course the 108 total points between in all corn. But historically 56 feels high to me. So I would actually be playing the under if I were going to play this total. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you best bet, North Carolina Central plus 68 and a half. And I would definitely sprinkle, what we like to say, some pizza money. What you know, take whatever money you might spend on a pizza, put in the money line North Carolina Central. Because if you spend what fifteen dollars on a good pie, I mean, fifteen times five. Do the math, okay? And you never know if if it turns out that the MIAC ends up winning the number six, their sixth uh, celebration bowl. There you go. Now you're eating pizza and steak, maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's go to some of the other game props, some interesting game props that are out there. And we'll just kind of go through these quickly. You know, you guys in the commentary, in the, in the chats, uh, feel free to uh, chime in on that. You guys let us know what you think we have covered cover. All right. For game. Drew, uh, hold on. Let me, see, let me make sure I, I don't have anything else in my screen. Um, all right. So first to score, who scores first, Drew? Jackson State or North Central? Now, the 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 line tells you that the favorite is Jackson State to score first. I think a lot of that is predict. You know, you got to figure out who gets the coin toss first. A lot of teams defer. Uh, you can look that up and find out who defers most. But, uh, first to score, you see Jackson State is favorite. 200 minus 200 for a score of the game, touchdown, field goal or defense any other score meaning it can be a kickoff return uh defensive score uh those are pretty much your options where you say safety. any other safety safety yeah defensive score safety would qualify uh any anything in there that, that catches your eye drew that you would say yeah I like that I think I would do that
2: uh, no, I, I do think Jackson will be the first to score. Not quite sure if I would go with the minus 200 on it, but I do think from a conceptual point, Jackson will be the first one to score.
0: Yeah. And I think the touchdown is tied in with that because, um, if Jackson state, you had, I, I think when Jackson state scores, uh, or scores, their first scores first. It's usually a touchdown, but that too is available. You can go look all this up on both schools' site. What is, what's the next game props have, Drew? All right, the first scoring play of the game. Uh, uh, be a Jackson State touchdown, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't expand this. So that be, uh, there's a whole other sheet that, that shows, you know, if you think Jackson State will score first. Well, the question is, how are they scoring? As you can see, by the 115, that means they've done the research and they've told you that if Jackson State scores first, it's most likely by a touchdown. It's pretty interesting, plus 525. I mean, that, you know, if I had something to sprinkle on, that would be kind of interesting to see what happened. Uh, I
2: tell thing. you, the one that I'm Eight. looking at is team a team to score three unanswered times. Nobody scores three unanswered times. That's plus two twenty. That's what I would sprinkle something on. On the on the no side on that.
0: One. Uh, you know what? Does the, the dangerous part about that, Drew? Field goals would count on that. So somebody could go field goal, field goal. And then touchdown. a, a touchdown. touchdown. And that's only that's only 13 points, right? So, yes. I mean, that's what happened in South Carolina State games. South Carolina State scored three unanswered um, in that contest. So, I, I would have to go back and look at the previous bowls. And the reason why you go back and look at the previous celebration bowls is because these are neutral site games. This isn't a home game for Jackson State or a home game for a true road game. So sometime how these coaches, how these kids, how these teams react in a neutral side environment, is something that you got to factor in, factor in. Uh, team scoring friends the ball game. I think this is tied into uh, what uh, if you're, your belief in Jackson State, you know? Um, so there's that. Well, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next page. These are game props for the uh, celebration bowl that we're showing you guys uh, just to kind of give you guys a taste of what's out there. Uh, a lot of these kind of props are out there, and I should say that other uh, stat uh, was out. Now, here's one that I find real interesting, Drew. Winning margin, okay? This is probably your most valuable t- uh, that's out there. Someone who thinks Jackson State is going to roll central, right? Then if you think it's by three touchdowns, 20 points, well, then you got to put in Jackson State to win between 19 and 24 points at plus, what is that, 500? Yes, Um, plus
2: 500.
0: Let me see. Last year, South Carolina State beat Jackson by 21. If you apply to today uh, as someone from North Carolina Central, look at that number, Drew. 7,000. Plus 7,000. 7, Can you imagine? I, I mean.
2: I, I like the one Central by a touch touchdown of to 12 is plus 1,800. That's a pretty good one right there. Also, if you think Central will win the game.
0: hey, And, and here's for folks. Here's the pizza money value, right? Ten dollars if Central wins by ten points, just saying, right? Ten dollars bring you one hundred and eighty bucks. Extrapolate that however you want to do it, but ten dollars brings you one hundred and eighty bucks. That's a heck of a return on investment. Again, you know, all this is all this is predicated on, you know, if you. you, you only bet what you can stand to lose. Put it like that. You only bet what you can stand to lose. That, that's the, the Uh I always say this, going to the convenience store, Drew, you know, some of us like to go to the convenience store and buy chips and a soda uh, and, and some uh, taquitos. And, you know, by the time you look up, now, you're spent $9 at 7-Eleven, right? So if if you can, if you can avoid a trip-eleven, then you probably could handle this. What's our next prop page that we got? All right. right. Halftime and full game. So who do you think is leading at the half? Do you think it's Jackson State, North Carolina Central, or is the game tied? And then that's before the slash. And then after the slash is who you think wins the ball game? A little harder to predict uh, predict, Drew. Uh I personally don't see any value in that. Um maybe I bet you hit it. Yeah, you hit it, hey, good for you. I think I think that I think this this prop is like playing uh dice. For those of you who like to play dice, this is a prop perfect for you. Cause I think that's all you're doing here is you're playing dice.
2: Yeah. if 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 I was just looking at this one, if I was to play any of them and may, maybe a dollar, maybe $10, $10, I, I I would do the tie and central. Cuz there's plus nah, 3300. I, I was tied at the half and central winning it plus 33.
0: You could go even tie plus Jackson State is not bad plus twelve hundred that's twelve to one, so I mean yeah. that that's not bad as well you know,
2: yeah, um, yeah but tie tie means the game you're going overtime. overtime,
0: overtime yeah no, I, I get you yeah thirty three to one versus twelve to one definitely and the tie tie is basically tied halftime tie at regulation that means you're going to overtime, uh, that's a heck of a that's a heck of a one right there. Uh, okay, what else we got? Continuing on with our game props for the Celebration Bowl. Uh, so winning margin three ways. So basically, you have two different outcomes. Well, three different outcomes, obviously. You have Jackson State to win by a touchdown or more, Central to win by a touchdown or more, or any other result. So any what you're saying is, Jackson State to win by five, anywhere between that and North Carolina Central winning by five. So so any of those margins, um, you know, to me, the value, again, looks like it's on Central because Central winning by seven, you know, would be big. Anything else, you're paying 350, excuse me, paying 350 to win 100. Uh, Some of the more exotic props, there are people who like to bet racing to 10, 15, 20 points, 25 points. All this stuff is out there, people. You'd be surprised, right? So, you know, who's going to get, who's the first team to get to 10 points? Uh, Who's the first team to get to 20 points? So on and so forth. I find those, I feel like that's something you do. You know, Mr. Grant talked about people in the suites. I feel like, that's one of those ones I drew. If I were, if I had a sweet rental, I would have a. You would do a pool. You would do a. You would do like a uh, five dollar. Everybody put in five dollars in the pot, and you know, first one, whoever picked the side to win by, whoever, you know what I'm saying. Whoever got the ten points, and you write on the ticket, Jackson State or Central, and then you pull a name out the bag, and you're like, oh, hey, guess what? You win twenty bucks or something. You know what I'm saying? Just something like that.
2: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Let's take a look at the next one.
0: Yep, next one. How many more do we have after this? I think we got about one or two more pages after that, right? Yeah. Ah. Okay, here we go. Will the game go to overtime? There has not been an overtime in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, I'm trying to see... I don't recall how close
2: the 10-9 the first... game.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think North Carolina Central and that was a field goal.
2: No, that was a miss P-A-T, I believe, in that game was the difference.
0: Okay. And then obviously, the games that ended by seven, uh, Alcorn lost by seven, and then Grambling lost by seven to North Carolina a You know, that's an opportunity, maybe a late score and field goal sends it to overtime. Who knows? But if you think the game could go to overtime, 12 to 1. Uh, The no beating minus 5,000 basically says the Vegas people don't believe any way in hell this game is going to overtime. That's pretty much what that means. (laughs) Uh, This is interesting, Drew. I would sprinkle something on this. Given Jackson State's defense and their special teams, I would have to put yes on will there be a defensive or special teams touchdown. What about you?
2: I would agree with you on that one. And given how opportunistic Central's defense is, yeah. I I can see that. Either way. And this is by either team. Not just by Jackson State, not just by Central.
0: Exactly. That that's a good point. That's a good point. You got two opportunistic defenses. Um, that's a that's either team. So I really like yeah. that plus two twenty five. That might be one. Of, that would be like one of my top five best bets. That one right there. Uh, right. We've got three, any other pages? We,
2: we got three All slides
0: though. Right. All right. Let's get through these. Um. First-half winning margin, not a big fan of playing the first-half winning margins. Uh, You can see kind of the numbers there. i had started to do a little research to kind of see what these teams have done in their halves. Um, I think that's where you'd have to do the research. You'd have to do the research on this one. I would probably stay away from this one personally. What are your thoughts?
2: I... uh... Yeah, I I agree with you. This is not. There's not a whole lot of value in this one. Uh, anything central, central by big at the half, four to six points. That's your that's yeah. your value.
0: That's funny. I was just looking at that. I was just looking at that. And and again, I think what we're telling you folks, and the reason why we're we're saying this is because. The, the value, there is so much value on North Carolina Central. I mean, do you really believe? Now, if, if there were no distractions, nothing having happened in the past three weeks for Jackson State, no noise, just total focus and dominating this game, I could expect these margins. But I just, I don't know, Drew, in my gut having watched years of football, I some just some just it 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 it's just hard. It's just hard to believe that these numbers haven't changed, given everything going on in the Jackson State football locker room and offices. That's all. Just just an opinion. Just an opinion. What else we got? Oh yeah, this is uh, now here we get into some real degenerate s right here. Uh, first quarter margin. Um, hey, look. Uh, I, I think. What, what did we say about Jackson State? They like to start quick. What kind of kind of struggle a little bit in the middle, and then they pick it up in the late second half, right? Right.
2: Yeah, Jackson State so, starting quick is only plus one hundred and five.
0: Exactly to win by uh, to win the first quarter. That's the first fifteen minutes of the game by seven or more points plus 105. That's what that is right there. Uh, that's exactly what that line is is saying. Um, so, yeah, again, that's first quarter. I don't really know if there's any kind of – you'd have to – the the converse to that, Drew, is huh? as, you, as you look at what Jack as you look at what Jackson State does in the first quarter, you have to go look at what Central does in the first quarter. Do they give yeah. up a lot of points or do they give up any points – in the first quarter i think that's worth looking at
2: although jackson state one to six in the in the first quarter is not a bad number either at plus 500 if you're a jackson state uh fan. they they'll have the league but they won't be they won't hit that rhythm quite yet that's what that number is saying
0: right right okay last slide. Uh, one last page last page last prop page for tonight ah uh, total point range now remember what i said uh total point range the total points let's see i wrote this down drew so here we go the seven celebration bowls 75 points in the first one 19 in the second Thirty-five and third. That's plus
2: forty-five,
0: forty-six and four, one hundred eight and five, and forty-one and six. So, to me, the thirty-one to forty and forty-one to fifty seem like the best plays. Again, the overall total is 56 based on historical numbers, okay? 56 is the over-under. So if you're like Drew, you see right around that 51 to 60, it's plus 210, and going higher than that, it's not worth it, not worth it, you know? So uh, I I think the value, you know, is in those two spots. So all right. All right. So, finals, final score and prediction, Drew. Uh, I think we're both on the same side of taking Central plus 16.5. What's your final score and outcome?
2: Can I say that for Friday night? Make people tune in Friday night to our, to our BCSN game time special.
0: Sure. I, I may not be there because I may be in the air, but sure. Uh, so That's I all right You
2: can... G- G- you can text me yours and I'll make sure I read it on behalf of the Sports Rap family.
0: Okay. All right, then that's fine. So I'll get, I'll save score for because I'm going to do a little more research over the course of the week and really break this down, but right now I'm uh I'm running to the bank to put 16 and a half down on Central before before it moves. I would love it I would love it to go up to 17 and a half. That's where I'd really love it to be honest with you, Drew. I wish more people would go bet Jackson State. You know, you Jacksonians, go ahead, bet Jackson State to win. Win big, bet them. Sure, go ahead. You do that with your money. I would love That's for number to point, to... <laughs> Exactly. I would love it. Uh, Michael Road reed Central, 30 to 21. See, there I'm talking. So, you know, Mike, I know how Mike plays. Mike is going to be on the money line, plus 510. He's going to be on the plus 16 and a half. So on and so forth. So I know how Reed rolls. Uh, so yeah, that that's a that's a that's an interesting play by him. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for our show. Drew, any final thoughts before we get up out of here?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, one thing I keep hearing you and a lot of people are saying is uh, the distraction. Well, since September of twenty twenty one everything at jackson state has been a distraction so i don't think these players are going to really be affected by everything that's going on around coach prime whether they win or whether they lose the game i don't think the distraction will be the reason that they lose the game if they if they should lose the game it will be the fact that Central, for lack of a better word, hit them in the mouth and whooped they, you know what, on the field, like the act teams have done in five of the six Celebration Bowls. That's that's going to do it. It's not going to be they were distracted, they weren't focused, they were one foot out the door, coaches one feet out the door. No, they, they're used to dealing with everything that has surrounded Coach Prime for the last two and a half years. So that's that's just the one take I want to uh take take away from that and uh going back with the, our second interview with psychedelic literature listen to a Jackson State person before we start throwing all this stuff out here about what they should feel how they should feel and everything like that Jackson State is the one being affected so Let's, let's listen to how they truly feel in this situation and take the lead from Jackson State. When Jackson State folk get pissed off, then that's our license to get pissed off. But until the people from Jackson State get pissed off, let them deal with the emotions surrounding Coach Prime leaving the way that the way that they want to. We, the rest of the HBCU community, need to be there to support them. To uh, yeah, we have we have our opinion. but ultimately, it's nobody but Jackson State, City of Jackson, and and the alumni who are affected. We, what we we are we, we, just collateral, for lack like of word, collateral damage or anything else that you know we we happen to. Get a little bit of a trickle down from Jackson State. We won't miss it. Florida A&M won't miss it. Southern won't be Southern won't miss it. Prairie View won't miss it, and so forth and so on. North Carolina Central won't miss it. They won't miss the prime effect. So I'm done.
0: All right. Um, enjoy all the talk and banter leading up to the Celebration Bowl. Uh, Let's build it up. Let's keep the focus on these kids. Let's let's find the storylines involving, uh, as Mr. Grant said. I mean, here's a game featuring the Offensive Players of the Year from the MIAC and SWAC, the Defensive Players of the Year from the MIAC and SWAC, uh, the Coaches of the Year. Uh, Let's let's try to make the focus about the players uh, and the game, the strategy that goes into it, and uh, let's do less uh, about uh, about coach uh, about coach Prime, okay? And uh, whether he is or is not swat, whether he is or is not sold in or sold out. However we <laughs> however we're however we're phrasing it these days. My goodness, uh, I love it. I love it. Um, so. Hey, uh, again, want to remind you, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1. The number one uh, on the Google Play, Apple App Store, MyJBN, MyBCSN is Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Go download the BCSN pod zone. For those of you who like podcasts and podcast formats, you can listen to the audio version of all of the shows on the, BC, on the Black College Sports Network. Just Apple, uh, Apple. What is it? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You I don't even know the. No Heart Radio. I don't even know no more. Amazon Music. Hey, you know, I do know you can say, "Hi Alexa, play BCSN Pod Zone," and it will pull up the Pod Zone. Drew, it's great. It's great. So, yeah. uh, all of those opportunities and venues are available for you. Of course, you can always uh, rewatch the show on YouTube or on Facebook. Uh, wherever we wherever we are so we appreciate uh your support for the holidays you can send uh any kind of donations to our cash app that's a dollar sign my jbn my bcsn uh you can also do that as well if you you know so choose happy holidays right okay uh drew you want to uh, you, you want to add in another final thought drew so go ahead yeah, another final I, thought I'm,
2: I'm about to put you this on. The you got
0: and you got control of the mic, so you get a you, you can yeah, do this. I, uh, just in case, I, I, I know say, I can do it. I thought you said last thought. Yeah, he did, yeah. but he also has the he's producing, so he gets the the ability to say something else, even though after he said he was done. Go ahead.
2: Let's celebrate this cricket celebration bowl for what it is. The tw- the the twenty one combined wins by these two teams coming into. This game on Saturday is the second most all-time wins in a celebration bowl coming into the celebration bowl. The only one that had more combined wins, which was 22, which was celebration bowl three. That was in 2017 when Grambling and a t bet. That was the undefeated a t team. Both teams came into that game with 11 victories so mm-hmm. this one you want to talk about two winning programs this is the statistically speaking the second most wins combined by the two teams coming into the
0: celebration Bowl.
2: so this is a true one versus two matchup
0: isn't this also uh grambling in 2016 didn't they finish that year un- unbeaten
2: i believe uh, they did i know uh, i think they lost the uh, fcs game I mean, if, if they lost the FBS opponent. They they finished twelve and one. They lost the FBS opponent uh, that year. I can't remember who it was. They, they were undefeated okay. in the FCS. Yes.
0: Uh, okay. Okay. A- and then
2: of course, a- and, and if Jackson State wins, they will be the second uh, in the second team in the Celebration Bowl era to go through wire to a wire season. Wire, to wire undefeated. Uh, that A and T team in seventeens That was CB three.
0: I thought it was 18. 18 went undefeated. Uh, it was one of those two 12 and
2: 0. 17 was 12-0. Okay.
0: Okay, gotcha. And, and
2: All right. 18, they were 10-2. 18 was 10-2 okay. 18.
0: Uh, a lot of history. So, I mean, just something to look forward to. Both of these schools, 0-1 going into this game. A lot to... Uh, uh, look forward to, so, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of exciting things. Again, keep the focus on the game, a lot of good storylines. So, uh, yeah, appreciate Chuck Hunt for chiming in there and following up 2016. Yeah. They lost to Arizona, but went unbeaten in the FCS. And then of course the a t either 17 or 18 went unbeaten as well. Uh, Terrence Davis, hopefully you can find some uh, tickets on the secondary market. I know you're out there searching. I know they're out there. Uh, so hopefully somebody helped Terrence out. I know you guys probably already did in the chat room. So uh, appreciate Geek somebody. Yeah, the Viv- uh, vivid seeds vivid all yet. Ticketmaster.
2: Well, Ticketmaster's probably gone by now.
0: Well, they probably do have But he a did say
2: But he did say, Mr. Grant did say that he expects the ball tickets to open up this week when they reconfigure the band section. So make sure you stay on the Celebration Bowl website to see if those tickets do open up. Uh, He said you expect maybe about 1,500 seats, additional seats to open up Mm, this week. So that would would be good.
0: All right, let's get out of here, Drew. It's been a good time. Uh, Appreciate everyone for hanging in there with us. And uh, go check out the BCSN pod zone and go check out the audio version of the show. I'm going to start working on that so that way it's available for those of you who might have missed any parts of our show. Again, thank you to uh, Mr. Grant and uh, C. Lee McGinnis for coming in and joining us. Appreciate the conversation uh, you guys are having on the chats. And uh, as always, Drew and I, we always appreciate you. Uh, We will see you in Atlanta. Look for us. Look for more information. Uh, of what we've got planned and all of our shows and the shows that we'll be doing something from the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta. So for AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. You guys be safe, be well, happy holidays to you, and uh, see you in Atlanta. Peace out. We'll holla.